Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, Guy. Hello, Tim. How you doing? Look, man, I'm actually right. Um, you know, I'm actually pretty good. That's good. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go for a run after we talk. I need to stretch my. I need to use my gams. I need to use my body. I need to feel activated. Good but man. um, aside from that, my spirit is pretty good. How are you? You've had an old-fashioned disease. Yeah, not for the first time. Well, the first time I've had this one. But I once had scarlet fever, which sounds like it shouldn't exist. Um, what is the, what are the symptoms of that? I think you, from memory, I got a big rash, rash and a fever sort of thing. And the rash was presumably scarlet. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's a fun name for hey, you've got a rashy fever. It's kind of a like, <laughs> hey, you've got a rashy fever, but make it pirate, you know. It's yeah, fun. the PR department over at Rashes were working overtime when they came up with the Scarlet Fever. Certainly were, but I tell you what, they could have used a little more budgeting or creativity in the naming scheme of the virus I'm currently battling, which is hand, foot, and mouth disease. Like, come on, guys. Could we do another pass at the name? Uh, that one's, I like it. It's straight to business. It does what it says on the tin. So... For the uninitiated, Tim, mm. tell us a little bit about hand, foot, and mouth disease. You're still in your rashy zone. You're in the neighborhood of a rashy, fevery kind of a thing. Um, but I would say, based on my experience, definitely a lot worse than scarlet oh, fever, I'm for example. So sorry to hear that. It, it has it's been something, um, shit. Oh, dude, that really sucks. It's something traditionally associated with babies. That's right. I got it off my baby, in fact. But it's incredibly rare in adults to the point where Zoe, a doctor, was like, nah, adults don't really get it at all, so don't worry about it. And lo and behold, I got fucked up, dude. I haven't been able to like really oh, wow. eat or talk very much this week because I've, I've had bloody mouth sores. In addition to like literally oh. boils on my hands. <laughs> Spare time, oh. spare. <laughs> Sorry for anyone oh. who might be... um you know, sensitive while listening. But hey, yeah. you think you've got it bad. I'm living through it. 
Yeah, and is it what what percentage heels do you think you are? I reckon right now I'm at like eighty. Yeah, I'd call it eighty. Well, I'll call it seventy five. I'm still visibly pretty fucked up, but um, I feel a lot better than I have all week. I've been on painkillers I mean, like the whole week. We're recording this remotely, and you're in a darkened room. You look like, as you said, you're being um interviewed anonymously to talk about you know like you're in witness protection but you look handsome to me oh that's very sweet that's very sweet um yeah there's a lot of less uh definition that you can see in the webcam so i'm going to put it down to that now guy uh to business we're actually in the middle of booking tickets for an event that you and i will be attending shortly because we're sort of well while it has been um a lot of fun a lot of creativity and a lot of work getting through all of these killion years um, you know, there's other business that has been falling by the wayside, namely watching the movies that our Substack community at twywet.substack.com command us to watch. And we've been on a, a Shrek right. journey. And yeah, you, you, I suppose, and now me, as we've dealt with the Shreks I'm familiar with, are educating yourself in the the universe of Shrek or I suppose you could say the Shreky-verse. And one of the great benefits of living in a thriving cultural metropolis such as Tamaki Makoto is, um, well, you get a lot of incredible live events passing through town. Uh, just this weekend gone by, I was at a phenomenal live sports event with roughly 50,000 other New Zealanders, and uh, it was a very galvanizing sort of experience. It gave me a great sense of community. And um, it makes you feel like you're a part of something bigger. And these events aren't limited to the athletics field. Uh, you have musical concerts, you know, stand-up comedy performances from time to time, uh, plays, and sometimes a production so ambitious, so born of pure creativity, will come onto the scene, which will incorporate elements of comedy, elements of music, and elements of dramatic performance and sometimes these performances will be built around the story of shrek we're seeing shrek the musical everyone it's this, in auckland that's right yes yeah. <laughs> sorry guys we're gonna go see shrek the musical no 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 i, I mean I, I left a big pause there i thought you might tag in and you did and you really cut you cut to the chase yeah uh i did see um this was prompted. Did you know it was in town? Yeah, there's been some very, very scary-looking billboards that I've come across while going through the CBD. They are terrifying. Yeah. It's interesting. It's, it, I, I saw a video of uh, the person playing Shrek on the project on like a, a current events show here in New Zealand. And that's a show I've been trying to get booked on for years, and it simply will not happen. So obviously, first of all, I was pissed off. And second of all, I thought... I guess that's what I thought Shrek would look like. It's, <laughs> it's not almost right, there's though. a repeat of there's a repeat of the SpongeBob the musical experience. Although it's it's probably less intense. Where do you remember when we went to that? And um, I think we were both surprised that SpongeBob was played by a person and not yeah. Sponge. Yeah, and absolutely. That, that might also be tethered to the mushrooms we were on but like being genuinely surprised that these cartoon characters were being played by people yeah no that we i think we were well within our rights inebriated or otherwise to have an expectation of like more costume than there was because it was just a, a man dressed like spongebob who could talk like him and i kind of now seeing some of the press materials for shrek the musical i'm like 
maybe I now understand why that's the right way to go. And maybe that is something that Shrek should have adopted because he did like from memory of the billboard, there's a sort of facial prosthetics, right? But it falls into like a bit of an uncanny valley where it's, it's, it's not Shrek, but it's neither a man. Well, yeah, it's not, it's not, not Shrek. Mm. Like, but it doesn't feel like a professional theater's version of Shrek. It's it like, feels shrimp. like someone... It's like you're buying the backpack, but it's three dollars because it's unlicensed and it looks enough like Shrek, but it's spelt S H R E M K. Or it's like it's spelt S H R E and then a, a little L and then like a V <laughs> on its side that is sort of close enough together it looks like a K. Shrelf. It's actually Shrelf. <laughs> Anyway, as we um, as we pursue, you know, for the completionists and us and all of you, as we pursue um, the totality of Shrek, we will be watching. I believe Shrek the Third is still owing, and um, on a, a two p.m. matinee on a, I think a Friday or Thursday. you know, we're talking school holidays. We're talking prime time. Yeah. We're talking the only two adults in the building without children. Um. We will be in attendance at Shrek. So I wanted to save this full conversation for the, the friend zone, but I'm booking tickets. Like, where should we sit? Are we thinking the store? Uh, it's in a big theatre. Right near the stage. The How big is the Kiri Takanawa Theatre? It doesn't look yeah, massive. It's, 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 I think it's above 2,000. Oh, wow, that is so big. Okay. Okay, I think... I mean, it looks like there's seating available for row B, which I've got to assume is right near the front. Should we repeat our antics from SpongeBob where we did sit in the front row? I think so. Oof. Yeah, I'm doing it. it Two adults. pretty uneasy. Row B, stalls, get tickets. Now let's see what exciting... It's different in America because... ...fees they add. Why? You've just gone straight for the front row, have you? What? Why is it different in America? Just because I feel like, um, you know, I, it just feels like we can be more free with our idiocy in America. Because in New Zealand, I feel like I'm taking a child's seats. Yep, specifically seats 37 and 8. Okay. Well... You're the man who's typing in the things on the computer, and I'm the man who's girding his loins to sit in B38. <laughs> I've got to figure out if um, I've got a Ticketmaster login. But the good news is the, the ticket fees, not very much, which is hey, quite surprising. That's a rarity these days. Isn't it? Well, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting for us. And, of course... Um, we will be documenting our experience in some shape or form. So hopefully it's also exciting for you. But in the interim, why don't I click on over to our friends at the worst idea of all time, Facebook page, and see what we've got here. Yes, please. Hmm. I'm, I'm resetting my password guy so I can buy the tickets, you see. Uh, 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 uh. Guys, buying for the for friend time. zone. 
Tim, also buying for time. I might, I, I just need, I know that you're preoccupied and so it's probably not the time to ask, but let me know if this sounds familiar. Dear Tim Prof Comedy and a real stand-up guy, hello from New Jersey. Sounds new so far. I'm currently writing to you from a hospital bed. Turns out that in real life, if you get bitten by a spider, you can end up with an infection. I reckon I'd remember this. Yeah, and in America, giant medical bills. (laughs) And not, as I was promised by comics, superpowers and a penchant for spandex. That's all new. I'm writing because in my recovery, I've officially caught up. I began listening to the pod after seeing Guy on Taskmaster NZ, and I just had to hear more from him. Fortunately, I quickly found the worst idea and death blot and was introduced to old Timbly Wimbly. I began to listen to the pod religiously while I worked, and your Paddy Schwartz party times, where's he going, what's he off to's, and all of your bits have gotten me through countless hours of formatting boring spreadsheets over the last eight months. I loved listening to the back and forth about the pronunciation of rally. I think that's right. And even some of Guy's more cancelable takes, like being (laughs) (laughs) pro-COVID-19. And now, as I've finished listening to every episode in the feed, you've gotten me through my stay at the hospital. I only wish I could have found the pod sooner. Guy and I lived in Brooklyn at the same time, and I would have loved to have seen him perform. I have a question for Guy. I'm having a hard time passing the title of Rob Schneider's smash hit 2020 comedy special, Asian Mama Mexican Kids. Could you explain it to me? Thanks. Um, I'll just pause here to address that because it is a good question. Uh, Tim, do you want to have a stab at it first or should I dive right in? I want no part in this, I, including listening to it. I'm considering muting you for like just taking a guess at about 40 seconds. Okay. Are you going to mute me or are you not going to mute might, me? I don't know. I might take my headphones off. I don't know. I'll see. I'm booking these tickets. Um, I mean, first of all, it's a, it's a great special. And um, I think the sticking point for a lot of us will be the memory of seeing um, Rob Schneider and his daughter, whose name currently escapes me, performing uh, the, the beautiful Roy Orbison song in duet at the conclusion. But I mean... You know, there are myriad other highlights. And, um, you know, as comedy's taken a turn for the more personal and comedians have to open up about vulnerabilities on stage and they sort of want to discuss about the the things that make them who they are, uh, a lot of the time that will involve uh, peeling back the the layers, if I could borrow a phrase from the Shrek film, to to sort of um, unearth the essence of that person. And so for Rob, uh, that probably arguably, I would say, comes through in the Asian mama of the title because uh, Rob's mama is is Asian. She's of a, She has Asian heritage. And so too does Rob. Um, but as we all know, we are so much more than just the, the progeny of our parents. And in many ways, I suppose, through young adulthood and teenagedom into, um, you know, our 20s and 30s, we make decisions that probably do as much if not more to define who we are and the sort of person we want to be and how we want to live in the world and a lot of those are their personal choices you know your livelihood perhaps some moral stances that you stake out for yourself some you know fundamental concepts of what you want to define who you are as a person and oftentimes through this long and winding road we call life we might find a, a, a partner 
someone with whom we want to um, unify and and spend the rest of our days and years with as a, a sort of a soulmate or perhaps even teammate. And um, for Rob, it just so happens that the, the person he has found to be his life partner is, um, I believe, Mexican. Does that sound right, Tim? <coughs> yeah. Mexican? Yeah. Yeah. And so um, he's got the Asian mama. And now he's also he's got his, his beautiful wife, who happens to be Mexican. And um, I suppose it's a decision that they might have discussed it before they got married or or maybe, you know, it, it, it happened by circumstance and they realized this was a journey that they wanted to embark on together. But Rob and his wife have now, um, well, they've got children. They have two of them. And naturally, uh, those, those children... Um, our, 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 our part Mexican. They are Mexican children. And so, you know, I suppose the special, and this is what's so clever about the title, encompasses the whole journey from his Asian mama through to the, the, the people in the same way that, you know, and he's not talking about the daughter with whom he performed a duet. I can assure, I'm assuming she's from a previous relationship. But the, the children to whom he is referring in the title and who he discusses in the special actually they're the 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 um the titular Mexican kids. So he's got the Asian mama, and he's got the Mexican kids, and um, it's a great title because it really it it it, it is a like a microcosm of the journey that Rob takes you on throughout the 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 hour or the forty five minute runtime, and he also he also um wheels out a Japanese guy to play piano, um for reasons that continue to escape me. I'm pretty impressed at how much you managed to wring out of that, that dishcloth. <laughs> well done. Um, I'll just finish off the message here. So it says, sorry, Tim, but guy making you angry when he explains that title or questions whether or not Zakoli and Somali had sex is my comedy kryptonite. Your reaction and guy's persistence kill me every time. I'm worried this email was too guy-centric, so I wanted to say that you, Tim, are hilarious, humble, and hardworking, and I respect the hell out of both of you. You're brave boys, you're frosty fellas, you're Aotearoan audio noughts, and I'm grateful for all you do. Say my name, even if it isn't, Will. And Will, as many of our writers will be pleased to hear and might have found themselves... I uh, was fortunate enough to receive an auto-response that Facebook has been forcing upon the fan pages, which says, Hi, thanks for contacting us. We've received your message and appreciate your getting in touch. I don't, I don't want our Facebook doing that. Joseph Moore, friend of the podcast and one of the walkout boys, sent me a message which he accidentally sent to my Facebook fan page on Saturday night <laughs> just to make some joke. And he got back a message from me, and he was so upset. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm thinking about incorporating that message into just more texts and uh, general sort of um, correspondence. I fucking hate that, man. All these, all these, uh, these platforms—they assume that they can come up with a one-size-fits-all response, like we're some sort of brand selling shoes or something, but we're not. We're Guy and Tim. We're Tim and Guy. Aotearoa's audio noughts. We've got a different vibe going. We don't say, thank you for contacting us. 
It's not how yeah. we talk. I, I just got to say, I know that I sounded pretty confident, but I'm just going to look up, see if I can find an interview with um, Rob Schneider about the title of that special because I would hate to have gotten anything wrong. Okay, that sounds good. In the meanwhile, I would like to thank Connie for sending us 20 bucks in March, and I would like to thank Damien for sending us 40 bucks via PayPal uh, in March with a message that says, Hey, boys. I'm just watching Guy lose his mind on his second solo watch of Sex in the City 2. This man is unwell. Here's some money to make his French frame, his French fry dreams come true. Mm. The more I think about that little episode, the meaner I feel in retrospect for any contributing part, which was most of it, of putting you in that position. Guy's still looking for the interview, everyone. Dear Jim Rat and Why Pot in a Tree. The completionist I am finally caught up on the pod after being subscribed for almost two years. I'm sub to way too many pods, but better late than never. And wanted to mark our accomplishment with some correspondence. I was wondering where you guys stand on an age-old X-Men rivalry. Which actor existing in a film flop is worse slash more disappointing, etc.? Patrick Stewart as Poop Emoji or Ian McAllen as Gus in Cats. I think Cats had the potential to be terrible since it's a classic Broadway play, whereas the moment Emoji movie was pitched, everyone expected the worst. So maybe Sir Pat is worse for trying to get a quick check more than Sir Ian was for hoping to do an art. This isn't, an, uh, this isn't to admonish either, because, of course, hashtag pay the boys extends from our Tim and guys to our big name actors to our soon to be trillionaires. Say my name correctly, I recommend sounding the last name out. Michael Mitzdafa from Delaware, United States of America. P.S. Should TJ Miller and James Corden be the next Magneto and Professor X? Do or don't read this, whatever. I only included my location to see if your US geography is better than the Americans who have asked, what state is that in, since you guys are sometimes smart lads. Sorry for the impromptu game of are you smarter than some Americans. Delaware. I don't know what state Delaware is in, actually, off the top of my head. Delaware is a state. Oh, yeah. That's why. So I'm fairly <laughs> certain it's... It's an east. It's an east coast state, but I couldn't tell you a lot more about it. I think it's underneath, like new, the New York and New Jersey's of the world. It's not. I thought it was a little bit in, a little bit of an innie, because Biden was the senator from Delaware, if I remember correctly, and it's where all of the corporations are based because they don't have any tax there. They don't have like corporate tax. I see. Does Biden have any vibes to you? Any vibes. Any vibes, like oh, <laughs> he's got. And does he have any vibes? Do you? Um, do you? Okay, this is a fun game. Yeah, it's called politicians' belly buttons. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden, any. Emmanuel Macron, any. Donald Trump, Audi. Boris Johnson, Audi. Margaret Thatcher. Any. Angela Merkel. Hmm. I don't think she's got one. 
I think Angela Merkel was made in a test tube. She had no need. She was constructed by Swiss geneticists to be the consummate um, conciliatory and, you know, statescraft expert politician to govern Deutschland for decades. And if we played to them, they pulled it off. The Rock. The Rock is one of those dudes who's got an innie, but it's so fucking muscular, it sort of looks like an Audi now. Like his, he put too many abs underneath and he yeah, pushed it out. Exactly, exactly. I'm having a bit of trouble locating this um, Rob Schneider interview. Let's find. Let me throw some at um, you, Tony Abbott. Ah, oh, Audi. Um, Jacinda Ardern. Any. George Washington. I feel like a lot of the boys back then had Audis. Same. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. It's like any is a recent fashion result. Yeah, and he's like a, and he's like a cosmetic, you know, horseshit beauty standards thing. Yeah. <laughs> and he's and he's a silly, but and um, he's a modern. I have found a list of on cbr.com of the ten worst Netflix stand-up specials published in April 2022. <laughs> Go on. Rob Schneider comes in at number five. Oh, who beats him? Actually, this seems incredibly mean-spirited. Let us um, just keep our gaze at Schneider, shall we? Number one, mm-hmm. and we should watch this, actually. Okay. Jeff, Jeff Foxworthy. Number one. Man, if you're re- if you're hey listen, if you're releasing a Netflix special and you get voted number one worst in 2022, you might just be a redneck. <laughs> well, look, I haven't found anything to counter what I said about this special title, so I'm going to assume that I was right. And Rob, if you're listening and you've got anything else to add, please reach out. I really want to watch Jeff Foxworthy's special now. What more does he have to say? You know? I've watched the start of it with Joseph Moore once. How was the start? And really, like, impressively bad. Memorably, not memorably, like, memorably bad in form more than content. Ah, The incredible thing about Jeff Foxworthy is his, his like, source material hasn't changed. Really? And he's not wrong. Sometimes women do be like this and men do be like that. But I think the one thing we can all agree on is that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is not to be trifled with on a stage. Absolutely. Or anywhere else. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. God damn, my computer's making a lot of noise. I'm closing a lot of tabs here. <laughs> what tabs. comedian donates to the presidential campaign of George W. Bush? Jeff Foxworthy is the answer to that question. No one <laughs> outy belly button ever. Legend. <laughs> oh man, now I'm you just honest with you. I'm just on Jeff Foxworthy's Wikipedia page, to be honest with you. 1996's Funniest Comedy Duos. Wait, that's the name of. Oh, okay, that's the name of a TV show. I'm in his filmography. Um. Yeah, Jay Leno and him, I'll bet they get on. He was on an episode of Jay Leno's Garage. What do you think Jeff Foxworthy drives? Probably like a fucking Dodge or something, eh? Big, like Dodge I'd say Ram. probably his wife up the wall. <laughs> Susan Wright, say Timbo, had to stop the pod and write in about Stanford. Uh, this came to us in January, guy. I'm not sure why I've gone from March to January, but that's just how it's happened today. I can't find the article about it, but apparently MPK does a director's podcast for each episode. And for this latest episode with Stanford Goes to Japan, they had a whole sweet goodbye episode written for his character later in the season. But he got too sick to shoot it and died soon afterwards. So they had to retcon it in later. I'm not sure. I'm not one to stick up for MPK, but I wanted to share that they didn't do Stanford Dirty on purpose. Thanks for all the unhinged podcasts over the years. Susan, that is um, heartbreaking to hear, really. That there was a, a true intention yeah. to send our boy off correctly that just couldn't come to pass. Um, I'd like to add, guy, that I'm going to forge you some messages to read. If that's, I got I've got one here from the Twitter DMs. While you do that, oh cool man. Hello, frosty fellows. Hello. Greetings from Glasgow. This evening, I've attended the gig of a band I first heard of through your good selves. Holy shit. I understand that your adoration of the Beths runs deep, as it should. They're top class, 10 out of 10 good guys. 
I'm grateful to all Tims and Guys for the introduction. They put on a stellar gig, but this isn't an advert for their ongoing European tour, which you should absolutely get tickets for if you can, but more a message of thanks for you good, good boys for spreading good bands to the world. Please say hello to Roz, A.B. Malcolm, and Johnny, whom I've introduced to your mad antics over the last few years, and say my motherfucking name. Peace, and also love, Chrissy. XO. XO. That rocks. The day before I succumbed to this illness, so last Monday, I actually had a big day-long extended hang with with Liz and John from the band, with guy our friends Callum and Annabelle, and we played a lot of Gran to, Turismo. I need to know, did you have any laughs? We shared a few laughs. Laughs were had. Um, we had some laughs. We had some pies. We had some chippies. It was a good time. Um, did you say anything funny? Oh, <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> hope so. I really hope so. I can't remember. I'm going to assume I did, you know? You Across the, do, cor- yeah. the course of the duration of the hang, I reckon I got one in there. I reckon you did too. Tom, Tom, have you seen to- Tom, Tom Gun Maverick? <laughs> I, nope. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> Yeah, I'm good. I really want to see it, I think. Yeah, we should we should see that. Um how do we this is the thing though, guy, like how do we go and see movies? Do you know, okay, here's a little peek behind the curtain. <clears throat> oh, here's some stuff you don't even know about, guy, but I've been having some big chats with our friends Tom and Barnaby and AJ bringing together a whole bunch of things that are hopefully about to sort of happen regarding worst idea. Um and we've got have we we've said that we've got another season, eh? After killing your raps, we've we've teased, yeah, yeah. Look, we're not going anywhere. We're not doing what we did for multiple seasons. Said this, we we're wrapping it up. No, we're under no such illusions. We're not going anywhere. We got to get to the the decade, which we're not far off now. We got to get to ten years of Twilight at, at a minimum. Ten's right. a nice round number, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I like the sentiment all the way up to at a minimum. <laughs> Where was I going with that? You were talking to your boys about some stuff that's going to happen. Yeah, what were we talking about before that? Oh, man. I've totally lost the thread. Oh, that doesn't happen that I got often, it. but yeah. I was just saying um, that it's not just a title. It's oh, also an encapsulation top of... Oh, yeah, you go. No, sorry, keep talking. I just wanted to whisper Top Gun in your ear. Well, I was just saying it's not just a title, it's an encapsulation of the sort of material and emotional terrain that Rob traverses across the 45 minutes. And you might think 45 minutes is too long for a special, but the brisk runtime actually goes a long way to heightening the comedic experience, and he packs a lot of emotional heft into a runtime that, I don't know, a lot of other comedians wouldn't be able to. Some of them are releasing 70 to 80 minute specials where they don't really get any headway into any topics. But Rob's not afraid to look at society as it is today and call it how he sees it. And if he wraps that up in a funny voice here or there, so so be it. I thought you'd seen Top Gun, actually. I thought you'd already been to it. But you'd obviously, you've seen some other movies, but not Top Gun. It'd be quite cool to carve out an evening and go to Top Gun with you, Guy. I know. Are you healthy enough to leave the house? 
Yeah, I don't think this is actually that contagious. Like, you, had, I got it from Remy because obviously I'm, you know, around him a lot. But uh, yeah, yeah. My main thing is I didn't really want to show my face in public because even now, as you can see, guy, the lighting's a bit better. I'm still a little bit messed up. But you want to see my hand? Look at that! Look at that no. fucking thing! Oh my god! Yeah, gross, eh? Um, oh. so I'd rather get you know tickety boo before I'd start living there. Oh, I've got a bunch of gigs this week, <laughs> so I don't know how that's going to go. Anyway, let's go to Top Gun. I was going to suggest tonight. Oh man, tasty! Well, we'll deal with this off the pod. I reckon <laughs> it feels like we're done with the friend zone. <laughs> Um, but thanks everyone for listening, for supporting us, uh, for, I hope you're enjoying Kellionaire at the moment. We, uh, I think we've devised a way that we're going to kind of get to the bottom of the end of it and it's going to involve a bit of a head to head with two finalists from the winner's circle and you, our dear listener, are going to be instrumental in certain components of that, which we'll clarify soon. You will help choose our finalists and we will record one final Killionaire once we find out who the finalists are to anoint a winner. And um, Tim and I have been brainstorming their prize and let's just say uh, it both helps line the pockets of the great Jeff Bezos and, all going well, risks the life of the winner. So uh, there's a lot to look forward to there, everything to play for. Do you know? And I'd just like to say mm-hmm. to you, Tim... I love you. I love you too, man. Um, maybe this is too much to tack on at the end, but in an ideal world, I've been I've been uh, learning a bit about a computer program called Aladdin that's run by um, the biggest fund manager in the world called BlackRock, which essentially own like thirty percent of the planet at this point. And they've got this AI, this 30-year-old AI called Aladdin that is basically making all their trades for them. And uh, so I guess I'm just saying if anyone's got access to Aladdin um, and if we could put our two winners against it and we got we got Aladdin to pick our winner, that feels befitting. That would feel cool as hell. Yeah. Don't know if it works like that, but time will tell. Hit us up. On that note... Killionaire coming out soon. We've got a few more of those to go. Then we're going to pick a winner. And then a new exciting season of the worst idea of all yeah. time, Classico style. Might I say this? Vroom, vroom. We'll see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.